This is Brooke, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are in week two of our Advent series, and today I have my friend Megan on with me. And uh, Megan is a part of the Holy District team out here in Gilbert, Arizona. So, Megan, why don't you introduce yourself? I mean, I guess I already introduced you, but um, tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe like how we met. (laughs) Great. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, so as Brooke said, my name is Megan. Um, I married my husband, Kevin, in 2020. 2020, having a wedding in yeah. 2020. How was that? Do not recommend getting <laughs> married in a pandemic. <laughs> Zero out of 10 recommend. Correct. Um, and uh, also had a baby in a pandemic. So <laughs> Yes, all in one year. Just getting all the hard stuff out, out of the way. Um <laughs> I met Brooke. Wait, oh. what's your baby's name? August. August. We yeah. call him Augie. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. Yeah. How old is he? He's two months old. He'll be three months old December 14th. He's a fresh one. I know. <laughs> Just a little guy. Um, Yeah, so I met Brooke how long ago now? Oh, Four years ago? I think like 2017 Actually, or 2018? Yeah. 2017. Okay, yeah. Um. I was interested in serving in student ministries, and so we got connected that way, mm-hmm. and um, it was like an instant friendship. I know. So Megan and I, well, originally we didn't start working at the same church together, but um, at the time I was working at a church in, in Gilbert, and basically I was working in the student ministries, and Megan was like, I want to serve with teenagers, and I feel like we hit it off the very first time we talked, yeah. so... Um, and also one of my favorite things about Megan is when she was looking to find her husband, <laughs> she, um, wanted that person to drive so well with Daniel. She was like, if, um, this person likes Daniel and they get along, then I have found a winner. And I think it happened. It happened. Kevin and Daniel hang out without us now. I know. So. I feel like it's so lame. We don't even do that. I know. <laughs> Oh, well, welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. Um, So Megan is going to dive in with me today on talking about Advent. Excuse me. So um, I have a couple of starter questions for you over the topic of Advent. Oh, by the way, if you don't know what Advent is, um, it means the arrival or the coming, the expectation that Jesus is coming, that hope is here and Um, We're waiting on the birth of Jesus. And so in these next few weeks, we have been going through, um, talking through, like, what does it look like from um, some of these characters' perspective in the Bible through the Christmas story? And some of our team is coming on and talking about those characters. So um, she's going to talk about the characters she chose in just a minute. But first of all, Megan, did you have an advent calendar growing up? Yes. Okay, tell me all about it. I... I believe that advent calendar chocolate yes. is probably the best chocolate in the world. I don't know okay, what they but put. Was it like milk chocolate or was it the dark chocolates? Milk all the way. Mm. Those little squares are packed with so much flavor. Just, And then you get to pick which character you want. 
just yes. honestly a highlight of the Christmas season for me. Did you have like calendar. the little characters on the yes. chocolates? Like it was, um, but they were Bible characters, weren't they? Oh, or well, the they? good Christians probably oh, okay. had those advent calendars. Mine was like princesses and really, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen an advent calendar with princesses. On really? It. No. Wow. I feel like the ones we did were like it was like the chocolates, but it had like the Bible characters on them like the shepherds and the angels oh wow you are a much better christian than i am i don't know about that but (laughs) oh man so did you and your family you i mean you have lots of siblings Mm -hmm. so then how did you split the chocolates did you all get a chocolate we all had our own calendar oh my god and we wrote our name on the calendar in sharpie and that's how we knew who's honestly you could tell it was mine because i would eat ahead the chocolate is so good. I can't explain it. So I would, and then I'd be miserable like oh, the yeah. 20th through the 24th because right. everyone had a chocolate to open and I and ate all mine. Yeah. So I feel like we had candy canes too. Mm. I think last week I told you guys I didn't do advent calendars. I think I did. <laughs> I'm sitting here like being reminded of the candy canes that we put in the little pockets of this like cloth thing oh, that yeah. hung on like a door mm-hmm. and then we placed candy canes in each of the days and then took those out so mm. anyways <laughs> advent calendars all around okay next question what is your favorite christmas carol i am huge fan of Christmas songs. I would listen to Christmas songs all year round. I'm one of those annoying you people. You and Daniel both. I love it. <laughs> I love them. So I don't even know how I would choose one. So um, probably top three. I'll do top three. Okay, top three. Um, Grown Up Christmas List by Kelly mm-hmm, Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Did You Know by Pentatonix. Okay, so... <laughs> Side story. <laughs> Last night I was watching a CMA Country Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, Carrie Underwood performed "Mary Did You Know," and Daniel just was like, "I don't like the song," and I was like, "I no. actually really love that song." How can he not like it? It's so cheesy, but it's so precious. And the Pentatonix version just, oh. Just gets me in the feels every time. <laughs> and then, last but not least, just your classic. Justin Bieber, Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Out of all the Little Drummer Boys, you chose Justin Bieber's version. It's so version. good. If anyone who knows that version knows it's the best, it's the superior yeah, version. I've heard that song. I don't know if I've heard that version or not. You would know. Can you give us a sample? Oh, that would be embarrassing. I would have to rap, and you do not <laughs> want to hear me rap. Megan also sings beautifully, by the way. So I literally just asked her to, like, sing something on the spot. And that's, like, singer's worst nightmare. So. Oh, okay. Funniest Christmas memory. Oh, I feel like most <clears throat> preteens had a infatuation with Hillary Duff. Oh, I did. Mine has not gone away, if we're being honest. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here. Yeah. Um, and so all I wanted for Christmas was the Lizzie McGuire DVD. Yes. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Um, and I have real life video footage of me opening the DVD on Christmas morning. And Brooke, when I tell you that I was the most excited I've been about anything, like probably... That is like goes down in like the top 
five moments, like happiest moments of my life. I, I think, think that's amazing. I burst into tears. You would think they handed me a million dollars, like <laughs> just so easy to please. And I have watched that movie hundreds of times. I could recite the whole thing for you. And actually, Kevin hadn't seen it. And I was like, should I marry him? I don't, <laughs> should I even consider? I don't know. And I made him watch it and he's a big fan. So I love that. <laughs> Something I also love about Megan is we have bonded over Hillary Duff over the years. I mean, I feel like you bond with a lot of people over <laughs> Hillary Duff, but um, I like to think I'm special. But uh, I think I have a distinct memory of you like cutting my hair. Oh, she also cuts hair and does hair and styles hair and all that. But um, we were doing, you were doing my hair like a couple of years ago and we only listened to the Hillary Duff Christmas album. Oh my gosh. Thing. I didn't even mention a Hillary <laughs> Duff know. Christmas song. Hillary Duff Christmas album. I, so the only time I ever took a dance class was <laughs> when I was in seventh grade and I competed in one Christmas competition show thing. And we did, um, what was a uh, Santa Claus lane? Mm-hmm. Hillary. Classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyways, all that to say, wow, we've really <laughs> done a lot of talking here about Hillary Duff. <laughs> Next question. What is your favorite Christmas tradition? I don't know if this is my favorite Christmas tradition. It's a Christmas tradition that I do. Okay. <laughs> um, I highly doubt anyone has seen this movie, but... You never know. We got a lot of listeners. <laughs> That's true. Um, every year, my whole family gets together and we... <clears throat> decide if we're going to do ugly Christmas sweaters or Christmas pajamas. And then we all show up wearing whatever we decided to wear that year. And we watch this movie called A Christmas That Almost Wasn't. I have never seen it. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly not great. Just a quick premise. Um. It's all about Santa's landlord trying to shut down the North Pole. Oh, no. And he has to somehow get the money to pay rent. And it's an Italian movie, and they dub English over it. Yeah, I'm all for it. The words don't line up with their mouths, and it is so annoying. And the elves are terrifying little Italian men. So when was this movie made? A long time ago. Like the 40s, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very old. Um... And my stepdad has been watching. I think he saw it in theaters, actually, like, in the 60s or something. Um, And he... They've watched it every single year, and now we've been roped into watching it every year. And there's, like, a theme song, and my whole family sings it at the top of their lungs, and... We honestly, we try to boycott it every year because we hate the movie. I fall asleep in the opening credits, usually. You know, I think, you know, the best families have the weirdest traditions. (laughs) And, like, the traditions that you want to go away, they're never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets joy out of it somewhere along the way. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Good times, good times. Well, I hope this has brought up some good Christmas memories for you guys. Um, We're going to shift gears now, and we're going to talk about Advent. And um, I want you to tell me a little bit about the character that you chose out of the Christmas story and why you chose them. (laughs) 
So I chose Mary and it may be cliche, but I just felt like I related to her the most because I just had a baby two months ago. So I felt like I could relate to her and some of her experiences. And um, so I'm excited to dive into her story and talk about how I have changed this year Mm -hmm. and and how I my perspective on her story has changed this year as well I mean a baby changes everything oh (laughs) am I wrong am I right baby changes everything (laughs) oh okay well do you have some scripture that you want to look into today we can read that um, out loud so if you have a bible app or um, a bible next to you um, just tell us where we're reading from and we'll try to follow along Um, I'm going to read in Luke 1, verse 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Awesome. Okay, so tell me a little bit about why you chose... Mary, why are you like drawn to her perspective? And especially through this scripture, um, just talk about that a little bit. I just, I'm so impressed with Mary. Mm. She is a teenager. Uh, Literally, (laughs) literally a teenager. And we, you and I both know a Mm -hmm. lot about teenagers and just the burden, just the pressure that she must have felt. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teenager, I mean, already you think of the pressures that teenagers already have, right. and now she's been given the greatest job, hardest job in the world, and without any warning. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like she handled it so gracefully. And unlike some of the other characters in the nativity story, I feel like she was the most accepting right away. Yeah, and she probably had the the hardest job out of everyone. I think so everyone else just got to kind of like show up. Right. And be there. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, angels appeared and whatever. But like, she had to carry yeah. a baby knowing full well that she <laughs> didn't do the deed. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I feel like so many of the characters talk about some of the doubt that they yeah. had. And Mary is just on board from the start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is just so brave she's so brave and just coming from now being a mother Mm -hmm. and who recently gave birth I just have so much respect for her and what she went through and Mm -hmm. what I went through is half not barely a quarter of what she went through yeah yeah so if you were to put yourself like through the just in Mary's shoes and you know this this angel was appearing to you saying you're going to give you know birth to a a son who's going to be the savior of the world, um, what would be your instant reaction? Would it be fear? Would it be anxiety? Would it be excitement? Would it be, I mean, 
probably so many things. Well, I mean, put yourself in her shoes. Like, what would you experience emotion-wise? I mean, just the shame she must have felt yeah. from having a baby without having sex. Right, right. I think that trying to explain mm-hmm. to people that she was a virgin yep. and now is having a baby, people probably mm-hmm. looked at her like she was crazy and the judgment and the shame that she experienced yeah. that's immediately where my heart goes to is I even just think if I would have announced that yeah. I was pregnant <laughs> before marriage right. what the the shame that I would have felt from that and so well the reality is is people do you know definitely go through that not mm-hmm. the the virgin part but right. you know <laughs> they they do experience that and having to you know carry some of that shame so yeah I would assume that Mary probably would feel some of that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, moving on to just our next question here, as you, um, think about like the gift that Jesus offered Mary, what's like the gift do you think that he presented to her through this whole process? I think that she must have felt such a huge sense of purpose Mm. and honestly, without that I don't know, really know what how extravagant right. her purpose would have been. Um, I think that this duty that she had thrusted upon her is just changed the whole trajectory mm-hmm. of her life, and now she is one of the most talked about yep. women in history. And that honestly wouldn't have been the case mm-hmm. if it weren't for for giving birth to the Savior of the mm-hmm. world. Um, and I think it. It gave, she was able to have tangible, everyone was waiting for a savior for so long. They were waiting for the Messiah for so many years. And then she got to have tangible, physical proof that he was coming. Mm -hmm. She's the only person in the world who had physical proof that he was coming into their lives because she was birthing him into the world. And so I just think she must have felt very blessed that out of everyone in the world, she knew he was coming Mm -hmm. for sure because (laughs) he was coming out of her. (laughs) Well, this is something I've thought about for so long, you know, just trying to put myself in the shoes of Mary. I mean, do you think that she fully, fully knew the extent of like what that Messiah would mean? You know what I mean? Like, did, did she realize that her baby would have to go through this pain and, and the crucifixion and all of that at the very end, you know, to save the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, as a mother, well, you're a mother now, mm-hmm. like, I mean, envisioning your, your baby taking on that much pain. I mean, holy no. cow. The thought of him falling off his bike and scraping yeah. his knee six right. years from now could bring me to tears. Yeah. <laughs> so if you told me that he was going to be murdered on a cross, I know that right. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Yeah. I would not let that happen. Yep. So just the, she knew that he, why he was coming mm. and she knew what the end goal was. Yep. And she, so that just is so brave. Yep. I think you're really dead on about the purpose here. Um, it's interesting because I think that a lot of us go through our lives thinking about purpose Or we think, we don't have a purpose. Or what is my purpose? Or what's my plan here, God? And we don't always get those merry moments. I mean, she had 
an angel appear to her. This was God ordained. Mm -hmm. God picked her. He chose her. Um, And so I think you're really right about Mary feeling this sense of purpose, you know, and, and for many of us, we have that same question for so long, God, what's our purpose? And so when you think about, you know, I'm making it a little bit more personal right now, but when you think about your purpose, Megan, um, what would you say, like, you know, your purpose is? I think that is something I'm still figuring mm-hmm. out and probably will still be figuring out for the rest of my life. I think it's a lifelong process. Yeah, for sure. I do feel a huge sense of purpose now being a mom and being responsible for August's life, um, but more purpose than I've mm. ever felt. And I think having a son, especially in today's climate, uh, a white son as well, I'm feeling the pressures and the burden of well, making yeah. sure that he grows up to be respectful and gentle and Mm. kind and a leader but also a follower when he needs to be and he is not the savior of the world (laughs) and I feel so much pressure for him to grow up and to be just a great human being and so I can't imagine the pressure and the burden that Mary must have felt with raising the savior of the world yeah And so I feel like my purpose in this moment is making sure that August is the best version of himself Hmm. Um, and that Kevin and I can just come alongside him and lead him in the way that God wants us to lead him and help him to succeed and just feel loved every single day. Yeah, I love that. I think that if we all had kind of that perspective of purpose, making, you know, us being the best version of ourselves, but also helping other people, the people that we love in our life, being the best version of themselves. I mean, that definitely gives us a lot of purpose. And you can do that without being a mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you lived your life just helping others to be great human beings. I think you in turn would also become a great human being through that. It goes both ways. If you love more, you feel loved more. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've heard this saying like hurt people, hurt people. You know, you've probably heard that saying, but like, if you love people, I mean, you're probably more willing to give that and then receive that too. So, um, okay. So what do you feel like the good news was to Mary? What was the good news she was receiving at the time? And this might have changed. I mean, maybe it did change like from the birth through his like childhood through like when he died, like what was that good news to her? I think it kind of goes back to what I already mentioned about the waiting for a Messiah to come mm. and he came through her. Mm-hmm. And so the good news for her was she was going to give birth to a savior who was going to save the world. And that must have been so just such a interesting feeling to be the only person in the world to feel that physical evidence of yeah. him coming and him I mean, after waiting for so many years yep. and now she gets to tell people it's, it's happening. I am carrying him. So I know that it's coming. And so that news was so physical for her and not for everybody else. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I love that perspective. Um, Okay, so for you this year, how is this story changing you? I mean, we, you know, you and I have grown up in the church for a while. I know not all of our listeners have grown up in the church, but you specifically have, you know, been around in the church. We can sit here and read this Christmas story year after year after year. And sometimes these perspectives get lost on us. And so how is this year changing that perspective out of this story for you? Mm-hmm. I think the Holy District itself has just been such a blessing to me and to Kevin as well in reimagining mm-hmm. the way that we see the Bible and the way that we see our faith. And I am notorious for showing up on Christmas Eve service, like, yep, gonna hear the same story again. So I'm gonna kind of half pay attention because I just can't wait to eat the food after and go out for (laughs) dinner and have hot chocolate. And I almost feel like I can just like show up for the music and kind of tune out for the message because I'm 28 years old. I've heard Mm -hmm. the Christmas story at least 28 times, obviously more than that, but at least 28 official times. Um, and so this year being a part of the Holy district and just that community of being open with our faith and reimagining the stories and having more of a storytelling, storytelling setting, I think has forced me to look at the nativity story a little bit more in depth and Mm -hmm. really, I love that we're breaking apart the different characters through this Advent series because we're able to take a step back and really dive into their characteristics, their feelings, their personality traits, um, and understand the story from a deeper perspective rather than just the story as a whole. Like how were they feeling? What were they going through? How were they affected? And that's, I mean, I just love that type of thing in general. I want to know who you are deep at your core. Um, The surface level stuff is great and has a purpose, but now let's dive into the hard Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and the maybe not so pretty things about the nativity story. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think Mary's story was necessarily pretty. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. I mean, the angel's story might have been like very, you know, glorious, but Mary having to go through what she went through to experience maybe even some of that shame and then having to give birth and being rejected Mm -hmm. at the inn because there's nowhere to stay, nowhere to give birth, um, and then not knowing what would come of this baby. But in that moment, you know, she definitely saw the beauty when, like, he was born. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm sure you can envision that, too, as you had August this year and, you know, that moment of seeing your baby for the first time, you're just like, this is my purpose, Mm -hmm. you know. So... Um, yeah, I love that perspective. Um, the, the last question that I have for you, um, today is all about the community. How is this, um, story of the nativity of Mary changing the way that you see the community? Is there any specific, um, actions you feel like you're being called to, to kind of in return, give back to the community in this way? Um, here at the Holy District, we try to always turn everything outwards. It's not just all about talking about us, um, but talking about the community and how we can greater impact that. And so for you, how do you feel like this impacts the community? I am really hoping that I can take my pregnancy and postpartum experience and 
go out into the world yeah. and share what I've been through, but also gain perspective and knowledge from other women who right. have also had the same experiences that I have had. Um, I don't know Mary's full story of pregnancy and birth and postpartum and what that looks like. But if it's anything like my experience, mm-hmm. I know that she went through it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would love to go out into the community and really spread awareness for pregnancy and postpartum yeah. and some of the negative impacts that you can have from that. Mm-hmm. I think that especially through social media and Instagram specifically, it's all about the joys of pregnancy yeah. and the glowy and the, I, I mean, I was 40 weeks pregnant. Like when does the glow kick in? Yeah. What <laughs> Do I get a sparkle here? Right. <laughs> what point does the pregnancy glow happen? Cause I think I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would just love to be honest mm. and to have other women feel like they could be honest with me and just create a safe space to talk about the hard parts about being pregnant and not feeling the guilt from that. Mm -hmm. And, um, talk through some of the postpartum experiences that I've gone through that potentially Mary went through, but she went through it without Zoloft. So I don't know how she handled it, but I'd love to go through my experience with pregnant women and women going through postpartum struggles right now um, and just be an honest light. I think that you're already doing an amazing job at that. So I just want to encourage you because you had a lot of courage to even come on this podcast Mm -hmm. and say pregnancy was not all that I hoped it would be. And I've experienced, you know, things that I didn't fully expect to experience. And so, um, you know, if you are listening and this, you know, you relate to this or, you know, perhaps you don't have children or whatever, but this is um, something that a lot of women do have to deal with. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, this is, this is your purpose too, Megan. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that with us today. And I think you're going to be really great at it. Thank you. Is there anything else about Mary's story, about Mary's song, or the Christmas story that um, you want to talk about today? I will now perform Mary yes, Did You Know Mary Did you by Pentatonix. Mary Did You Know. <laughs> okay, ignore my singing. That was not Megan. That was me, Brooke. So you can just ignore that. <laughs> no, I just, I just hope that people are really more open to her story now and kind of the emotional things that she went through and understand um, just from a teenage girl's perspective how hard that must have been. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, here ends our week two of um, Advent and we are so glad that you have um, been listening with us and we have a couple more weeks left and we'll take this all the way up through Christmas. So thanks for listening to the Holy District Podcast. We um, are a growing collective of communities in Pennsylvania and in um, Gilbert, uh, Arizona, and we are just trying to rediscover the sacred in everyday places where we already live and work and play. So um, if you have yet to follow us on any kind of social media, you can do that at Rediscover Sacred. Also, um, we do spiritual direction sessions, um, so you can schedule that with um, myself or with Daniel or Erica and Blake in Allentown. So thank you so much for listening today, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm